This is the Social Media Strategy Podcast. Brought to you by worldpodcast.com. You've come to the right place if you want to take your social media to new heights. Now, here's your host, Pauline Stockhausen. Well, hello there. It's Pauline Stockhausen here from the Social Media Strategy Podcast once again. Today, I'm very excited about our guest. His name is Gary Leland, and he is like... How do I describe him? He is almost like the king of podcasting, but he wears many hats. I have seen him doing so many different things. I don't know how he has time to do it, but we've brought him on the show because I really want to jump in with him and talk to him about podcasting, and he's he's really got so much information. I can't wait to jump in with him. Hi, Gary. How are you? Fine. How are you doing? And thanks for having me on the show. I've, I've Wanted to be on here ever since I met you down in, uh, where was that we met? In San Diego. Yeah, Social Media Marketing World. But we've followed each other for quite a while. I did um, meet you, I think, a few years ago. And we both were on Blab. I don't know if you remember, but both of us were addicted to Blab. And I think we... Definitely. Yeah. I so miss Blab. That was one of my favorite. That was such a good platform. Oh, it was so good. And nothing else is the same. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing replacing Everybody it. who you talk Blab to who was on Blab a lot always says the same thing you just said. Yeah. I miss Blab. Why did they shut that down? I know. It was... Yeah, I really missed it. I, uh, anyway, so we that's so that's how we've sort of uh, crossed paths. And, you know, you've got a really interesting story. I mean, we follow each other on Facebook and you're really big up there in podcasting. You know, in New Zealand, I don't know if you know, but podcasting is um, just sort of taking off in New Zealand. We're a bit behind the times and people are just starting to really get traction on it. But tell me... Well, to be caught up before you know it, I promise yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tell me a little bit about your story. I mean, how did you start? I mean, I know you've got quite a few businesses. Give us, give the audience a little bit of a background on Gary. Well, we started the... Well, I started my business in 1981. Um, I invested $15, maybe $20 in my business, and now we do seven figures every year. Wow. And we have for quite a while, but I uh, started podcasting in 2004. I saw a small article, maybe it was three lines, in a, mar- a marketing newsletter I followed that said, there's a new technology coming out called podcasting. You may want to look into it someday. And so I said, well, let's look into it today. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. Turns out we were one of the first hundred people probably to look into it. So I guess we got into it kind of quick. But we started using it. We came out with the sports podcast because I have a sporting goods store as one of my businesses to market our sporting goods store on. So unlike a lot of people, Pauline, we went into podcasting looking to use it as a marketing tool for an existing business. You know, I think the thing that's different about our situation or my situation than most people who podcast is that most people podcast, and after they get some shows going, and then they look for a way to monetize it, mm-hmm. whether it's advertising or sponsors or whatever, where we went into it knowing what we were going to sell and considered it a distri- an advertising method for what we wanted to sell. So I think that was a big difference between us and most people. I imagine we were the only people that when we started that were actually using it to sell something. Well, that's definitely really interesting. And from my 
um, experience with people who are podcasting. They do, you know, 20, 30 shows and then they're like, well, how am I going to make money from this? So there's no sort of strategy plan. How do you think people should be doing it? Should they, as part of, they, if they have a business, this should be a strategy as another string to their bow that they have a show for a wider audience to get, um, you know, known. I mean, I definitely know with my podcast, I it's all about the connections I make, and I find that when I've got people on my show, we have we we go into that deeper relationship, and then we we become more friends, and more opportunities open up that way. Is that how you see it working as well? Well, that's certainly a good way to to use podcasting. You know, as to um, more of a networking tool to open up those doors, where I am basically a retailer, a salesperson, whatever you want to call me, a marketer, and I look at it as a tool to market with. And that's just the way it is. That's just the way I think. I'm a marketer. That's what I do for a living. A lot of my day is involved with podcasting. If I didn't use it to market what I sell, I would probably be out of business by now if I was just podcasting as a hobby. I couldn't put that much time into it. But I think there'll be a point, Pauline, where right now, if you ask any business if they need a website, they're all going to say, yeah, even if they don't have one. They're going to say, well, I know I need one. I don't have one yet. I think that podcasting will get to that point eventually where you're going to have to have a website, you're going to have to have a podcast, and maybe you need to be doing video. And that's going to be the three ABCs of what you have to have if you're going to be a successful business and that everybody's going to go into it knowing, I have to have these things. And that's what I truly believe. I believe everyone who has any kind of website that markets anything needs to be using your podcast. Listen, let's face it, Pauline, podcasting is the most consumable media on the planet what is easier to consume than a podcast? Yeah. Certainly not a blog. Certainly not video. A podcast, I can consume that while I'm driving a car or riding a bicycle or even talking to my wife. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> totally true. And the great thing about it is you've got that person's attention for 35, 45 to an hour. You know, there's no other medium like that. That's correct. And not only do you have your attention, you actually build a rapport with those people. Uh, you know, I call it the um, the TV syndrome. You know, when people watch a TV show, and you know how this is, you watch a TV show for a season or two, and that guy, his real name may be John Roberts, but on TV he plays Mark Smith. And when you see him, you think you know Mark Smith, yeah. who isn't a real person. But if you saw him walking down the street, you would say, hey, there's Mark Smith. And you would feel like you know him when you walked up to him and said hi. And he'd be going, who are you? I've never seen you before. And that's what podcasting does for you. It yeah. brings you into people's homes. They know you. So when you are selling something or marketing something or suggesting something, they're going to go, well, that's Mark Smith telling me to do that. He's, I've been listening to him for years, and he's, I've never seen anything bad about Mark. So if he tells me this is a good product, I'm going to take a look at it. And that's what you do is you build that rapport with people by being in their heads Every week. Yeah, that's totally true. And I love the fact that, you know, businesses, it doesn't have to, you don't have to just have a show. You could actually, if you're a company or a business, you could utilize someone else's show. You know, you align yourself with other people's shows. Have you found businesses do that with your podcasts? They, you know, 
um, do affiliate marketing or you do some sort of campaign together? No, I, I really haven't had a lot of that um, because we sell our own products. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so now I do have to say when I first started doing uh, my podcast back in, you know, probably my uh, second year, 2006, I had a big sporting good company coming wanting to advertise on my show. And uh, I, I only had like 300 listeners maybe at the time. So I gave them a dollar amount, which I thought was kind of high. Yeah. And they, they said, okay, and we'll go ahead and send you a check for the whole year in advance. Wow. And I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, I was, I was like that going, really? Are you kidding me? Wow. And I was like, cha-ching. Yeah. And so I did their ads for the full year, but my my content, Pauline, unlike a lot of people's, is evergreen, which means it's good content for a long, long, long time. Uh, you know, me having an Olympian tell you how to pitch a ball is going to be good content for a long time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like a softball game. It's, a, it's a on how to do skills. So now those podcasts they advertised on – are 10 years old, but they're still getting 500 to 1,000 plays a month with their ads on. Yeah, I think that's really important too. People in business and marketing companies don't actually realize the longevity of podcasts. So while a podcaster has starts a show and they only get, you know, 100 listeners a month, eventually that's going to increase, you know, because what happens is people binge listen, you know, it's sort of like that whole Netflix thing. You have a TV series, you like the first show, and then you sit down and you watch the whole season in one night, right? You do that with... Yeah, yeah. You know, I got an email this morning from someone who said, I just found your podcast and I just binge listened all the the episodes. So... That that's that's crazy, right? So yeah, my- they'll come download your whole catalog, Pauline. Yeah, and yeah. those and that Eastern that company is still getting yeah. a year's worth of ads, that's you know, right. on all those shows instead of me. So I quit advertising after that. I, I didn't want anyone partnering or advertising with me. No, I want all the. I'm greedy. I want it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you actually have quite a few podcasts, don't you? And, and yeah, I cover really two or three genres in podcasting. I have maybe seven or eight for the sport of fast pitch softball. I have two now for interior decorating because I own the. As I said earlier, I, I own a, a softball sporting good business, but I also own the largest wallpaper store in Texas, which is a big state. Yeah. So that must be a big store, huh? <laughs> anyway, wow. so. I started doing podcasting for TV shows, for decorating TV shows on what's called the Home and Garden TV channel. And we watch a TV show about decorating, and then we do a podcast about it and upload it. And on the podcast, we'll talk about our wallpaper store. Uh, and that's the advertising we do on there. And we do that. We have two shows we do every week, and we're getting ready to add our third show. We're building that into a network, I think would be the best way to call it. And the network is at Decorating Podcasts. Dot com. Wow. But we're building a network of podcasts all to do with decorating, and all they do is promote our decorating business, our wallpaper store. Wow. And then, I, and then I'm also in the tech niche to a degree with the Gary Leland Show at GaryLelandShow.com, where, like last week, I interviewed the inventor of podcasting, Adam Curry, about his new podcast device that's coming out that's going to be so fantastic that I can't wait to get one. Um, it's going to make everything so much better, but, uh, that's, that's my third niche, but I only do one podcast and 
the tech niche. Most of my pie are marketing tech niche. Most of them are either decorating or the sport of softball. And is it your decorating podcast that you do with your wife? Yes, and we just started doing that. We did our first one maybe six months ago after podcasting for almost 13 years. First time I'd ever done a podcast with her. Yeah. And, uh, and then we started our – that TV show ended for the season. So that one's on hiatus, but a new show started that we started covering. And we're covered called Hometown. The other one was called Fixer Upper. And now we're doing the Hometown podcast together. So it kind of works out good because when – you know, a TV show doesn't run all year. No, that's you right. Know, so if you're doing a podcast about a TV show, if you can find two – that don't overlap too badly it's pretty cool like you know we did the fixer upper and then on episode 16 17 and 18 we were doing two uh a week because there was an overlap with one two and three of hometown and fixer upper overlapped but now fixer upper's off and we just do hometown hometown will be ending in three or four weeks we may find a third one because i don't think fixer upper starts till Oh you know, August or something. Gary, I know everyone is thinking what I'm thinking. is like, do you sleep? It sounds like you're really busy. You know, you've got quite a lot of businesses and you're doing all these podcasting. Uh, well, my, my real thing is, Pauline, unlike yeah. most people, I am the person who is the least worried about perfection you will ever meet in your life. Uh, and I do things 80% of the way. Yep. And I think that last 20% and definitely the last 10% takes as much as the first 90% in time. Yeah. So I'm an 80%er of the way. I can while you're trying to get that last 20% done, I probably got another 80%er done. So yeah. because of my uh willingness to cut things short and not be perfect, I can get a lot more done. Oh, absolutely. And I totally agree with you. It's called imperfect action. You know, all these people who I'm a, I'm definitely the I didn't same. know there was a name for it. Yeah, we we call <laughs> down here we call it imperfect action. You know, people who try to get things to be so perfect and then they've wasted all this time when you know you yeah do exactly the same as that and i'm definitely one of those i'm well, getting get it done podcasting a lot you find that in podcasting a lot pauline that people will wait forever to get their episode out yeah. uh, I, I don't have that ending quite right yet my outro right well i'm waiting to get this new soundtrack for my you know stingers between episodes and they wait forever to get their podcast out and by the time they get their podcast out I've done 24 episodes. Yeah, it's too That's one of the lessons that I have learned is I batched a whole lot of my episodes last year. And then, um, you know, I had a bit of a personal crisis and I couldn't launch my podcast. And then actually what I had to do is redo the whole lot because it was old content, you know, it wasn't up to date. Right. So you definitely have to do your podcast and get them out as fast as you can. Otherwise, it's well, sort of like old promise. news. Here's something I can promise you, Pauline. Yeah. When you start podcasting, whoever it is, if you out there listening, if you decide to podcast, no matter how much time you take, if you take a year, even you go, this is going to be the best podcast in the world. I'm going to make sure I'm going to take a year getting everything perfect. When you listen to that first episode a year later, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was. It, no matter yeah. how much planning. So you might as well get it out because, as I always say, you can't start improving until you start doing. That's right. Oh, I love that. I'm so going to use that as a meme. That is totally true. My first episode is terrible, and I cringe. And um, It always is. Yeah. My first episode still gets 500 downloads a month, like 10 years later, and it's the worst thing. I've, I've so threatened to take that off the air. It's just I just keep it there so I can remember how bad it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard a lot of people do that, keep it there when they're, you know, a few years in. Now, um, you know, one of the great things that you're involved with is podcast movement. This is our fourth year coming up. Fourth year, and it's going to be in Anaheim, isn't it? It is, and we're expecting, uh, we we could hit uh, 2,000 to 2,500 people. Wow, that's impressive. I wish it, it was impressive. a little I'm bit. I'm impressed. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, for me, I really want to come over, but, you know, I've just been over in, you know, right. March, and I'm just about to go into election. Um, you know, I do social media for the elections here, so <laughs> I'm trying to wing it so I can go, but I'm not sure. Now, for people who are listening, what is Podcast Movement? Can you give us well, a little Podcast bit? Movement, as I said, this is our fourth year. It's uh, podcastmovement.com is the website, and it is the world's largest podcast conference and by far, I don't think anyone even comes close to what we do as far as the amount of people that visit. We have people come from all over the world. I mean, someone coming from New Zealand would not be odd because no. we have the, the caliber of our people and our sessions that are going on and what we do. This There's nothing that comes close. If you want to learn how to podcast, improve your podcast, network with podcasts, anything to do with podcasting, this is the event. Now, last year, Pauline... Yeah. Was in Chicago. We sold out of tickets. We sold out of sponsor opportunities. We sold out of vendor tables. We sold out of everything. I mean, wow. So it was better than we expected. Now, this year, our location can hold 3,000. I don't think we'll get to 3,000, but that's we went for a bigger location. I know we'll pass 2,000. We had 1,500, 2,000 last year. So I know we're going to pass that. But this is the number one place. And also, uh, the first night, we have the Podcast Hall of Fame ceremony for the Podca- Academy of Podcasts. And we have five new inductees into the Podcast Hall of Fame this year. So yeah. that's a nice event and something podcasters really are excited. I'm the one who makes the phone calls to tell people when they get in. So they're excited when they get the call out of the blue that they've been inducted into the Hall of Fame for the Academy of Podcasters. So it's, it's, like I said, it's a full event, a full full three days of action. Well, I definitely think you guys would be full of this year because one of the trends I've been seeing way down at the bottom of the earth is a lot more people are doing podcasts. You know, from here, you can see that, um, you know, celebrities, uh, sports people, you know, um, even news presenters are actually doing their own podcasts as well. It's like a growing I agree completely. Trend. Growing trend. The world of podcasting is growing at a fast pace right now compared to it started off with a boom, kind of took a little, I wouldn't say hiatus, but it just wasn't in the limelight as much. And when yeah. it's in the limelight, is when something's in the limelight, it's going to grow. And yeah. right now, it's in the line. And I, I think a lot of that, people have different reasons they say that's happened. Some say it's because of a certain podcast that came out, this or that. I really think the main part of the growth is the fact that now when you get an iPhone, it has the podcast app on it already. Yeah. I mean, there's only like 10 things on the phone when you get it. And one of them is a podcast app. And you click it and go, what is this? And you discover the world of podcasting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that it's that learning when you're busy, you know, driving in the traffic, going to the gym. I mean, uh, that's where I consume most of my podcasts is when I'm in the gym, and when I'm driving, I do a lot of driving. So um, same thing. Yeah. So same thing. I haven't listened to a radio in my car in ten years. No, neither. Yeah. <laughs> neither. And I 
And I love putting my headphones in because then when I go into a convenience store or something, I don't have to talk to people. <laughs> I see I'm listening to something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, um, it's just because we've talked a lot about um, in my past episodes about podcasts and beginning a podcast. You know, I don't see a lot of people talking about keeping the momentum going and how to market your podcast. And because you've been doing it for such a long time, do you have any tips on how to, one, keep the momentum going, maybe something around planning or, you know, how to market? How do you market your podcast so that you get the listeners that you want? Well, one of the main things I do for marketing is something I know you're very familiar with, except I think I'm maybe I'm doing it on steroids compared to you. Is I, have, <laughs> yeah. I have 450 Facebook groups about yeah. softball, and so I can market to those. But I build groups that will perpetuate themselves, that I don't have to participate in the conversation. They grow on their own because of the content, the, the fact that people find them that are interested in that content content and yeah. some of the groups have 20,000 people in them and some have a thousand but I can go through those and put posts about I'm the only one allowed to spam them yeah and I can put posts about new episodes which really does help it grow uh, you know I can post the episode in my groups where people can just click and listen that's the main thing I think is that will help you grow really is if you post your feed into your feed address of the episode into your posts on Facebook are your posts on Twitter so that it shows up with like a, a player basically and people can just click on it and listen. Yeah. And maybe they won't listen to the whole thing, but maybe if you explain to them in the beginning what this is, because this is for new people, old people are going to be subscribed. They aren't going to Facebook or Twitter to hunt for you. So if you explain to them what it is, they may listen to enough to go, hey, I want to subscribe to this. How do I find that? Well, you know, if they want to listen to the Hometown Podcast, if they want to subscribe, they go to GaryLeland.com slash HT. I try to make it simple for them. That'll open up the iTunes page. They can just click the subscribe button. You know, but that's the thing is you don't want – if you want to find new people to listen to your show and become subscribers, you don't want to make them have to leave the social media site to come to your page and listen. Yeah. You're trying to get new people. You're not like saying, hey, old people, go to Twitter and listen to me. No one's going to do that who likes your show. No. But if you're trying to get new people, yeah. And maybe you need a shorter version of the show for Twitter and, you know, Facebook. A two- or three-minute show. This is, hey, this week on Hometown Podcast, they decorated the house for a war veteran. It was a great episode. You really want to listen to this. Make sure you go to GaryLeland.com slash HT as soon as you get through and subscribe to this podcast and listen. Maybe you just need to make a two or three minute podcast for that. Wow, that's interesting. I've never actually heard anyone else say um, to do like a, like a little pre-ad to the show. That's pretty good. And I like to put like on my fast pitch radio show, I have seven podcasts on one feed. I don't want them to go to all my websites and have to subscribe. I think people are pretty smart. They handle maybe 500 TV stations. I think they can subscribe to the fast pitch radio show yeah. and look in the feed there and go, you know, I like the fast pitch trivia show. I'm not too much on the softball history show, though. Oh, but there is the Fast Pitch Academy show. My daughter's a pitcher. I need to listen to that one. And I have all my podcasts on one feed, so I don't have to talk people into subscribing at seven different places. All they got to do is come once, yeah, and they can get all my shows, and then they choose what they want to listen to. 
Wow, that's really good. Do you do you think people make it too complicated with their shows? They sort of put barriers up on why they can't get it out or why they can't do certain yeah, things. I, I think a lot of people bear. I think a lot of people go, I don't want them listening over there. I want them to come into my website. Well, you know, it's according if you want to grow the listeners. Do you want them to come to your website or do you want them listening to your podcast? Yeah. I would say it's easier to get them to listen to your podcast. And then you can tell them to come to your website. And after they get to know you, trust you. You know, on a podcast and all of this, it's kind of like when you go to a networking group. Have you ever been to like a meetup or a networking group for the first time? And the first time you're there, some guy comes up to you and goes, hey, I'm selling water filters. Can I sell you one today? You go, no, I didn't come here to buy water filters. Thanks yeah. for your card, buddy. Yeah. And that's how media is. you got to build a relationship with them. I mean, you're not going to build a relationship. They come to your website the first time. You're going to build a relationship over time, and podcasting is a great way to build that relationship. So they will come and buy something for you because you built a relationship. Yeah, and I love the fact that, you know, you use groups, and you are right. You are the group on steroids. You do it way more than I do. I'm very particular about the groups that I do, but I do a lot of educating on groups for other people. Um, Yeah, like I said, mine are no maintenance. All I do is keep people off. That, that break the rules. That's all I do is every day I go through all my groups and kick everybody off who broke the rules. <laughs> yeah. And do I charge them $10 to get back in my group. How, oh, how do I like that, Polly? That's right. We were talking about that in San Diego. So tell me a little bit how you how you do that. So they subscribe for the year and they pay $10, and if they break the rules, oh, they're out? No, what I, what I do is once my group hits 1,000 people, yep. that's the point to me you have to hit. Once my group hits a thousand people, I charge fourteen ninety five to get into my group. Wow! Because now people are wanting to get into my group, and when they request it, I send them a message on Facebook, just one short two sentences. This is a private group for paid members of the Fast Pitch TV Club. You're welcome to join at in the link, and then when they go to that page, it really explains it in detail, and they get. Uh, a gift. It doesn't matter what the gift is. I give them a book that costs me $2 to print. But you need to give them something. And uh, because that way, if they go to PayPal and say, hey, I never got anything for this money, you got proof that you they bought something. You gave them a book. You know, you have the tracking information. Yeah. So they can't get out. So I charge them fourteen ninety five to join the group. Then if they mess up, and the rules are very clear and short and simple. They yeah. spam it, post something for sale. They get blocked, kicked off and blocked, post is removed and they're blocked, and then they message me and go, hey, I can't get in the group anymore. And I send them a link, uh, which is fastpitch.tv slash renew, if anyone wants to see it. Yeah. And if anyone wants to see how I do the club page, it's fastpitch.tv slash club. But I send them a link to that, I say, this will explain it, and they go to it and it says, if you're not able to get on anymore, you broke the rules, you probably posted something for sale, or blah, 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 blah. And if you want to get back on, it costs $10. And here's the form. There's a PayPal button to put their $10 in. And uh, and a lot of people go, I, first of all, I have 450 of these, Pauline, so I don't have time to be nice sending messages. I wouldn't remember who I sent the message to anyway. Yeah. So I don't have time for that. And I want people saying, I got kicked out. <laughs> I want them to be out at the softball field and someone say, hey, I just, I'm thinking about joining that group. And they go, yeah, I got kicked out for spamming it. And I wanted to go, oh, that's pretty good to know that you. I won't be seeing all this spam. I want people knowing they're going to get kicked out. Yeah. You know, I think that's, I, I believe in P.T. Barnum. Are you familiar with who that is? No, no. P.T. Barnum in the 1800s was a, was a big, big, he was a big marketer. He was 
a, a politician. He started the Barnum and Bailey Circus, which became the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. You might have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in America here, and that just went under business. But P.T. Barnum had a lot of sayings. You know, he was the guy that came up with the term Siamese twins because he had these famous twins called Ying and Yang that, at his show, and he had General Tom Thumb and Jumbo the Elephant. Anyway, one of his favorite sayings was, I don't care what you say about me, just spell my name correct. <laughs> In other words, he thought any press was good press long term. And that's why I say these people I get kicked out, if they tell 20 people they get kicked out, I think that's great press for me. Number one, people are going to find out about it. Number two, they're going to know better than the spam because they don't want to be like that guy getting kicked out. Now, I have, Pauline, I have changed P.T. Barnum's uh, saying and updated it yeah. for modern times here. Now, if P.T. Barnum was alive today, I think he would say, instead of, I don't care what you say about me, spell my name correct, he would say, I don't care what you say about me, just spell my domain correctly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's so good. I love the fact that you um, have a gated community and you're just so um, black and white. I think with groups, you definitely have to be like that because people just take, uh, and here's a saying for you, they take the piss. You know, yeah. and they think, oh, well, if I get away with it once, I can do it again and again and again. And um, then there's a whole lot of people out there who don't actually care about relationship marketing as long as they get their message out. They're sort of like, I'll, I'll get it in. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, there's a lot of people who use the approach. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then so they're going to go for it and go, oh, I'll just tell them I'm sorry, you know. You know, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do it, and if someone says something, I'll tell them, sorry, but when they get kicked out, they are sorry. Yeah. You know, and, and I have some people that complain. I really don't care. I mean, you know, like I said, it's pretty black and white to me. The rules were there. You yeah. don't want to read them. It's pinned to the top of every page. If you don't want to read them, that's your business. Yeah, my you know? house, my rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if for people who are really further on on their sort of podcast journey, maybe they've done 50 episodes, do you use um, traditional marketing to sort of get that podcast out? Are there any, um, firstly, are there any traditional marketing, like are there any oh, magazines on podcasting that you know of? Or um, Well, we operate Pottertainment uh, podcast magazine at pottertainment.com. Wow. Now, Tell me a bit more about that. Out. That's right. I remember now. Yeah, it's a magazine. It's just for the uh, – for Apple iPhones and iPods or iPads, excuse me. Yeah. It comes out once a month. Every month we have a video um, on there from Podcast Movement. Yep. So it's uh, actually, you know, it's fourteen ninety five a year, so it's just over a buck. Any one of those, any one of those sessions I have on there, and I have twelve a year because there's twelve issues. Any one of those sessions would cost you fifty bucks, you know, to go to an event and see. You know, so uh, on the cover every month, whoever's on the cover is the person speaking. And then we have writers who write articles like Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting writes articles. Brian Ibbett, who go, is going in the Hall of Fame this year, he's written some articles. Steve Stewart is the editor and he's written some articles. So um, that's the only podcasting. I, there may be some other ones. I really, you know, Pauline, I really don't pay much attention to what other people do. Yeah. I don't believe that you learn a lot from watching other people's stuff. I mean, not for me, at least, ways. I, I seem to be a pretty creative person on my own without having to watch what other people are doing and using uh, what I see to influence my decision-making. Where a lot of people think I can learn something and increase my business by seeing what other people do, 
I kind of feel like if I go out of business, I want it to be my own fault, not because I copied some stupid idea. Wow, you know, that's and, okay. and I've really believed that my whole life, and I've been in business, like I said, since 81. Yeah, well, I definitely agree with you. I think people pay too much attention to other people and try to emulate something that they think is a great idea, but then actually in the end, it never actually works out. Do you know what I mean? They sort of die mm-hmm. off, but if you follow your own path, um, and I'm like that, I don't sort of, I put my blinders on and just concentrate on what I'm doing, and if, yeah, if I make my own mistakes, then I'm pretty open about, yeah, look, I did this, and didn't kind of work out these are the mistakes I made and I think it's better to do that right because you learn and you'll always be 10 steps ahead in the next venture you do or the next idea it's easier to accept your own mistakes you know it's like John Lee Dumas in Entrepreneur on Fire yeah now anyone who knows anything about podcasting knows that show and that he has been Probably the most successful marketing guy at doing a podcast every day. Now, how many people do you think have copied that idea and tried to do a successful marketing podcast every day? Probably like thousands and thousands, and they haven't been anywhere near as successful as him. Mm. You know, because that copying someone else's idea is not always the way to go. I'm sure some have, but I bet you more than the majority have not been successful doing what he did. Not everybody has the stamina to do a podcast every day. Yeah. How much work that is? That's a lot that's of a work. Lot of work. Yeah. Even as easy as it is now, it's a lot of work. Yeah. There's a lot of guests, you know? <laughs> a lot of people to <laughs> It find. is a lot of guests. Yeah. And you need to be making some money off the get-go to make that worth your time to do, or you're going to go, why am I working this hard and not making money? That's why most people fail. Yeah. Why am I working this hard and I'm not making any money? You know, back in 2006... We had a site before iTunes had podcasts, um, pre-iTunes. Well, iTunes was out, but they didn't have podcasts on it. We had a site called Podcast Pickle. It was in Time Magazine in 2006. as one of the 50 coolest websites in the world. And uh, we would go through there and manually clean it out because some podcasts ended. You know, you may have the history of World War II podcasts. It just ended because this, our book on podcasts, it ended because the book ran out. And we didn't want to get rid of those, but we wanted to get rid of podcasts that had like, oh, they did two or three episodes and they quit. Or they did eight episodes and they just quit because they got tired of doing it. And so we had a team of people going through manually just looking at the number of podcasts, what it was, and deleting ones. And we found out that if you made it to five, you probably made it to 50. That's how we rounded out the information. If you got to that fifth podcast, you probably were going to make it to 50. Now I heard someone a few years ago said the number seven. They did some kind of study in the numbers seven. And I've come up with a conclusion that the easier podcasting gets, the higher that number will get. The number may be nine or ten now because it's easier now than it was when that seven number came out. It's definitely when the seven number came out, podcasting was easier when we did five. You had to hand code everything almost back then. Yeah. So the easier technology gets in podcasting, the more episodes someone will do before they realize they're doing a lot and not making any money. Yeah. Well, it's commitment, right? And it's been, you know, one of the difficulties is um, be consistent and planning well in advance and understanding that things happen. Like we booked our session a few weeks ago and I had a storm. I was I was flooded in and I couldn't leave my property and so, you know, it's having people who are understanding and being able to change up as you go and keep that consistency going and actually having that 
having the plan what are you trying to achieve always in your mind you know if you are wanting to make money start doing that from the beginning and work out how it's going to work not just oh I'll put out 50 episodes and then I'll think okay how can I monetize that because the way that exactly yeah because the way that podcasting works you're you get more on your first episodes as the further you get on right because people go back to listen to the beginning so you should have advertising on those first few episodes that's going to continue out the longevity of the podcast. I always also tell people, a lot of people trying to decide, that want to get into podcasting, you're trying to decide what the podcast's about. Mm. Let's face it, Pauline, when you do this for five years, ten years, I don't care what it is that you're talking about, it becomes a job. Yeah. It becomes work. Yeah. So you might as well do something that's about something you love. If you can do a podcast about something you love when you start it, yeah. maybe in 10 years, you'll still like it because it's going to become work. Yeah, you know, If you really hardly liked it when you started, I guarantee in 10 years, you're going to hate it because it's a job. And yeah. no one wants to do a job where they're not making a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, everybody hates their job, but they don't make a lot of money. So try to find something you really are engaged in and you really are interested in to do your podcast about. And like I said, maybe you will still like it. You might not love it anymore in 10 years, but you might still like it. Yeah, that's right. And how do you feel about people um, using it as a marketing tool and being guests on other people's shows? Is that a good way to build up your influence? You know, say you're a business owner um, and you want to go global, would a good tactic be to go on a whole lot of other people's shows as a guest? That's a great thing. I just wrote a blog post on that maybe like a month ago at GaryLeland.com, my blog. I wrote a blog post about that how I love going on people's shows. I do not think I have ever turned anyone down in since 2004 to be on their show. It is the easiest and best marketing you're going to get. Number one, they're promoting you probably to a whole set of people, an audience you haven't hit yet. Number two, you don't have to do any work. You just have to talk. You don't have to edit up the podcast. You don't have to upload it. You don't have to distribute. You don't have to market it. You don't have to do anything but talk. I'd be on a podcast every day if someone wants to call me. I want to tell your people right now, anyone ever wants to call me, you email me, GaryLeland at gmail.com. I'll be on your podcast. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. First, quick, get in before before he gets too busy. I love being on podcasts. Number one, I enjoy talking to people. Yeah. I'm enjoying talking to you. I'm not just sitting here talking to you going, oh, my gosh, how long will this last? I mean, <laughs> I have no idea how long we've been on because I've been having a good time. Yeah. Number two, I, I, I enjoy the fact that I'm having someone else market me. How can you not like having someone do the work of marketing you, which you're going to do. You're going to market this show because you want people to listen to your show. You want to yep. grow your audience. And as a side benefit, I get marketed. It's, it's the best marketing there is. Yeah, I totally agree. The easiest, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's definitely business owners or influencers, that's what they need to think about as part of their marketing plan is to get on other people's shows. So great. I love it as well. And I love uh, talking. I've got the gift of the gab. I could talk for hours. Yeah, so so I can talk all day. It's yeah, not really yeah. hard for me. We could talk it's all like day. When I, got, I just came back from a, a studio. They did a, they do a radio show here, and I was on. And I was racing to get back here. And he's going, he was asking me, can we talk about this? He just asked me a question. Yeah. I'll answer it. I don't care what it is. If I don't know the answer, I'll figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been so great chatting you t- with you today, Gary. I love having you on my show, and I hope in the future I can reach out again and get you on on another time. 
Anytime. Like I said, I am always available for a podcast. And and I want to thank you because when we did have Blab going, yeah, you know, and we had that Blab group going, you had yeah. you uh, volunteered to be one of the admins for that group, and yeah. you stayed there a long time. And I appreciated you doing that. I don't know if I ever actually thanked you for that, oh, no but problem. I do appreciate that. Oh, I loved, I loved the group. I loved the, I loved Blab. I was so, I was so upset when it left, and I was hoping that Facebook is was gonna bring that sort of technology in because I think they're go, probably going to but um, it was so good I wish they'd hurry up you know it was just such a good platform to get to know people and oh I really miss it yeah I do too and it was it was such a good platform to get yeah. you're right there was something about it that I really enjoyed but I want to make sure I didn't forget to tell you thank you for taking the time you did uh, and being an admin there Oh, no, thank any time, any time at all. So that's our show for today. Thank you guys for listening in. And if you have any questions afterwards, don't forget to jump on my Facebook page, Pauline Stockhausen, or check me out on paulinestockhausen.com and I'll answer those questions for you about podcasting. And if there's a question I don't know, I will probably reach out to Gary and ask him on your behalf. So thank you once again, and we will catch up with you next time. Social Media Strategy Podcast. Brought to you by worldpodcast.com.